Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show, A Balanced Life for You, where you design the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Rhonda Cimarelli. I'm an accredited transformational coach as well as an NLP practitioner. The purpose of this show is to provide you tools and resources as well as inspiring interviews from women all around the world. Here at A Balanced Life for You, we believe every woman deserves to love her life, not just live her life. On this week's episode, I am so excited to introduce to you a fabulous woman whom I've had an amazing conversation with. If you or someone you know has had a difficult time maneuvering through 2020 and now 2021, who has felt a little awkward, upside down, confused, or anything in between, you're really going to love this interview with Rebecca as she helps to bring clarity and move forward in a much more positive and productive way. So here's our interview with Rebecca Dawson. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me today. I know that you are coming miles and miles away from me. And what I'd love to do is have you introduce yourself, but tell my listeners, where are you joining me from? So uh, I, my name is Rebecca and I'm joining from Perth in Western Australia. So right on the other side of the world from, from where you are. It's nighttime here. <laughs> and I, I love speaking with um, fun guests from around the world. It just makes us an international show. So Rebecca, you are an okay. author, correct? I am. I am an author. I'm an author amongst, amongst other things, an author more recently. <laughs> and you have written an incredible new book. It is called The Agreement. And before we jump into The Agreement and what's in that book, I would love for you to share with us, tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing these days. Okay, so um, I, I'm normally, well, this year is a little bit different for most of us, I think. 2020 has changed how some of us are, are doing things. So normally um, I'm, I'm a channeler, I'm a, I'm a speaker, I run workshops and, and tours, and I go around the world and speak to people about what's happening with consciousness and how it's shifting for us and how our experience on the planet's shifting. And this year for me right now, I'm, I'm at home and I'm playing from home and connecting with people from home, which I think is an experience many of us are having this year in 2020. And, um, and just finding new, interesting, creative things to explore with consciousness. Well, I love that. Well, you've said a couple of things that I think my listeners may or may not be familiar with. So if it's okay, let's kind of dive into a few of these words that you said. You said you were a channeler. Tell us what that is. So I think um, different people have uh, different ideas about what channeling is. Sometimes we say that it's bringing through something that's beyond us or of a higher consciousness than what we are and delivering it through our expressions into this world. Like sometimes artists say that they channel beautiful artwork or writers channel certain pieces of wisdom or, or some beautiful prose. For me, I'm a voice channeler. So for about 20, 25 years now, I've been bringing through information about earth and humanity 
how our reality works. Um, and I, I do that through, through lectures and I write books and I run courses and workshops. So uh, as a voice channeler, I never know what we're going to be exploring or talking about. I love answering people's questions and I always learn to expect the unexpected, but it's a real privilege and an honor to be able to do that because I'm always understanding things in a deeper and richer way. I love that. You know, it's, it's interesting. Years ago in my previous career, uh, I was a leader in um, a global company and I had a team of about, I don't know, 30, 40 women. And I can remember there were events that we would stand on stage and have questions presented. And I can remember answering these questions and at the end, someone would say, oh, my gosh, can you repeat that? And I would say, no, I, I can't because and I, and I think this is what you might be talking about channeling. It's just something that comes through you. And I would just speak and answer these questions. And I had no idea what I would say. And I used to think, could you please record this so I know what it was that I said? <laughs> Exactly. I can totally relate to that. And that's why I now record everything that I that I do. Um, and, you know, I think it's great that example that you've just given, because one of the real key focuses that I have in the work that I do is introducing people and encouraging people to know that channeling in that way, so bringing out the innate wisdom, the innate intelligence that we all have is something that everyone can do and every human has. We used to think back in the day that channeling was, um, it was certainly my view when I began, that it's bringing something outside of you in. But my understanding after so many years, and, and it's much more natural movement and it's easier and less, um, less disruptive, is we're actually bringing something out of ourselves. And, and it's such a beautiful thing for us to really claim, I think, as, as humans, um, to be able to say, well, I can dig in and I can pull this out of myself. And it's incredible what, what it is that we can access when we're in that place, that zone. It's, it's amazing. Well, when you said you think everyone has the ability to bring out this innate wisdom, how is this something that you teach people how to do? Well, it's something that I think is so natural within us as our capacity as humans, but we've forgotten how to do. And we certainly don't, we're certainly not encouraged or educated to elicit information from within. We learn how to absorb information from an exterior source and how to assimilate that within our minds and then access it through memory systems. So, yes, I mean, there are certain, I think, exercises. It's like exercising a muscle to be able to access and go within. It actually can feel quite unnatural in the beginning because we're so used to looking beyond ourselves for things. But it is a very, very natural experience once you begin to play with it. Um, so, yeah, we do run workshops and things that, that help people to to, to know what that muscle feels like and to use different parts of the mind and the brain to facilitate that. Oh, I like that example, a muscle, because what that makes me think of is when I started studying NLP, this makes me think of the simple concept of communication. You know, it's figuring out your intention of what it is that you want to say, the words that you use to express your ideas or thoughts, then it's on the other person what they hear and then what they think that you meant to say. 
so there's those four components. And as I, you know, I also do workshops. And one of the things that I observed was the, the idea that we are so stuck in our own head that we forget how to listen to what the other person is saying. We're so concerned about what am I going to say next that we don't allow ourselves to come from that, that inner mind of let me hear and let me respond. Is that, is that kind of what you're talking about? Absolutely. And I think for me that that mechanism is shifting from what the brain thinks it knows or what the mind thinks it knows into being comfortable and sitting in the unknown or the open space or the void. And as soon as we allow our attention to go into the void, something emerges from that space that we didn't know was there or that we didn't know that we had access to. And I love the way you describe that, actually. Um, it makes me think of going forward or leaning back. And, and indeed, when I first started learning how to channel on demand, because, you know, when you're busy, you're on demand, as you know, I'm sure with what, what you've done in, in, your, in your working life. Um, I learned almost how it's like driving a stick almost in the brain. So when you're in first gear, you know, you're anticipating and you're looking for the next thing. And then you move into second gear when you move into observation. And then third gear when you're being intuitive and you're trying to kind of um, project and anticipate. And then fourth gear for me is really leaning back into the unknown space. So I kind of like learnt to drive <laughs> different parts of the mind. <laughs> it's interesting. I love it. And the other thing that makes me think of with muscle, we were talking about muscle and the memory. And <clears throat> this is something that I, I work with with my clients as well. It's creating those new sustainable habits. And we have to exercise that muscle, just like if you're getting your body in shape. I used to be a fitness instructor and I would say, you know, the muscles have memory and when you stretch them out, for example, it's important to learn how to wait for that 18 to 20 second stretch and allow it to feel it and completely release so that you can have a new uh, length for your muscle. And I think that's a lot of how we have to exercise our conscious and subconscious and the mind exercises is to keep practicing and allow them to make those, those shifts. And I know I'm using hand language and it's an audio, but it's, it's stretch. Oh, no, I, I understand. I understand completely. And I think that, you know, like with exercise, the more that you do it, you know, the easier you shift from one mode to the other. Yes. It just becomes very much in, out, in, yes. out like this. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree with that completely. And I think it's the same when people learn, you know, learn to meditate or learn to, to do anything creative as well. It always feels like a process in the beginning, mm -hmm. but it ends up being a very natural mode that you slip into rather than having to go on a journey to get there and the process of steps to get there once you become very comfortable with it. Yes, the process, because it's new and it's different and it's uncomfortable. And yes, we just have to adjust and shift to it. So Rebecca, tell me how, how did you know, or how did you, when did you recognize that you were a voice channeler? Well, that was quite by accident, actually. <laughs> it wasn't really part of the plan. Um, <laughs> Most of these things are. 
No, no, that's right. So look, I've always been able to, um, I've always been able to see and hear and sense things that most, I guess, most of us can, but we we don't. Maybe because we're not paying attention or we're not looking for it. So I always had the visual. I could always see energy fields, and I could see into the body and and that sort of thing from the time I was quite a young child. Um, but the voice channeling that happened quite spontaneously when I was eighteen. And it just really took me by surprise. And again, it was a different part of my mind that it felt like was being used. It was a very expansive state of being. And it was like an hour that I was sitting there in front of someone else telling them all about their, you know, genetic blueprint and past lives and all of those sorts of things. It was someone who was in distress who came, who came to see me. So it was quite unexpected and it really threw me, actually. Because when you sit in that space where you allow something else to come out of you, or at that time, I, as I understood it and experienced, it was someone else coming in. That's what it felt like. Um, it really disarmed linear thinking for me and it disarmed the way that my brain was working in a very sequential, logical way. It kind of created a big hole in my thinking, like a, like a void space. And so, of course, what do we do as humans when we're presented with a space? We go and try and fill it with something. <laughs> so I spent, you know, the next 10 years fervently studying and trying to find teachers and, and looking through different philosophies and mysticism and all sorts of things to try and fill that space so that I could make sense of it. And I guess in some ways control it, maybe. Um, or feel like I'd mastered it. And yet what I realised is that every time I tried to fill that space, the space would become bigger. It was almost like feeding a black hole. So thinking didn't help me very much. I had to learn how to go beyond thought and really become very comfortable in the unknown. And really, I think anyone who's um, ever experienced channelling or, or knows a really good channeler, it's, it's sitting in the space of the unknown all the time. Um, and it's a great challenge, <laughs> especially when we live in a world where knowledge is valued so much and yes. attachment to knowledge. Yes. As you're describing this, I am sitting here listening to you and watching you too and thinking to myself about especially 2020. And so many of us are in that space of trying to figure it out because life has shifted for many people, it's upside down. And I think some people have their own voids, if you will, trying to figure out what to do with maybe their personal life or their professional life or their health and fitness, those different areas. And to allow them to sit in that space and be present. Is, is that something that would be... You know, if you were going to talk to somebody today about the year 2020 and processing and how to move through this, share with us some of your, your thoughts, if you will. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question because I think as humans, we're so taught, you know, we were saying a little bit earlier about thinking forward and being strategic and being sequential and how we move throughout life, even in terms of how we think about our own personal journeys. You know, we're always looking forward. And I think this is an experience this year where all of a sudden there's no path forward. And, and, and so what do you do in that moment? Do you stay still? That's very difficult. 
But we do have an opportunity this year, 2020, and I, I do believe that this is all part of our great shift in consciousness and the shift from what many people are talking about from the old earth to the new earth or a new experience for humanity. When that happens, we can't really just go from where we are into something that's completely new because if we can see the direction we're going in and we can see the target we're aiming for, it's not new. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about, you know, having to do things differently. But if we think we know how to do them, we're probably doing what's already been done before or thought of before. So the whole idea of a new experience for humanity, a new paradigm, means we have to go through an experience where we have absolutely no idea. And that really brings us back almost to a reset where we can begin to think creatively again. And we can begin to act from a very natural space of knowing what it is that we want. Because even though we think we've been through life and we know what we want, our minds know, think that it knows what we want. But a lot of that is conditioning and programming of what we think we should have or yes. what we think we should want. If you actually ask people what it is that they really want when they're sat in a space of not knowing for a while, they'll usually not have an idea. <laughs> and so it, we need to be in that space long enough as, as a species and as a consciousness to actually bring out what it is that is really beneficial for humanity and what it is that we really want for our planet. And so 2020 really has been a wonderful opportunity to kind of unhook from all of the expectations about where we should be going and get back into the sovereignty of who we are and rediscover how we actually want to live our lives. And I think a lot of people who have experienced, you know, quarantine and isolation this year have suddenly realised maybe I don't want what I wanted before. Maybe I was just on a trajectory and I don't even know why I was on that trajectory. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with you more. And the expectations of what we should or what we think we should be doing or moving towards. And it's a powerful thing to be able to sit in your space and identify what I, what I term are really getting back to your core values. You know, what is it that's really important to, to me? And this quarantine has shifted so many people. And I know for, for finances, for example, I know people who have been on this path of financial success to obtain these monetary um, uh, positions, if you will. And now that maybe their business is closed or they haven't been able to go to work or they've lost their job for a while, it's an opportunity to sit back and evaluate for what purpose was I striving for this monetary goal? And maybe that really wasn't the right goal for me because by working 80 hours a week, I have had to sacrifice the time with my wife or my children, or I've had to sacrifice other things, my health even. So I see 2020 as an opportunity to really get in touch with yourself on, on that type of level. I, I agree completely. And I love the way you bring up um, sacrifice, because I think sacrifice has been such an inherent condition tied to what we think is choice. When we think we're choosing our lives and choosing our pathways and choosing our goals, 
it's really based on this premise of opportunity cost. If I want this, I have to sacrifice that. It's A or B. And that's not really natural. You know, that's a very dualistic way of looking at life. And, and albeit all of the structures and systems that we play with and that are set up in our experience are wired for that. And, and we're, we're taught at a young age to choose from A or B. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of pressure involved with making decisions. And, you know, it's, um, it's, it's incredibly tough for young people, I think, especially. But, you know, where we're going as, as, a, as a collective is, is away from choosing between A and B now and now having more unlimited choice and having the ability to try different things, to sample life, to taste this and then taste that and really experiment and play and be creative. And I think that's what we've forgotten when we choose from sacrifice. Yes, creative, play and try. However, have you found that when people are presented with new opportunities and the opportunity to try something new, it sometimes is so scary. It can be paralyzing. Yes, because oftentimes they think, well, if I do that, what am I going to sacrifice? (laughs) (laughs) Back to the sacrifice, right? (laughs) You know, because there's always an opportunity cost. Isn't that what we're taught? You know, what if it goes wrong? What if, you know, all of these things. Can I go back? Well, I've made a mistake. Are these things that you cover when you do your workshops? Yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, some of the concepts we're speaking about now are fundamental principles about the shift from an old paradigm to a new paradigm. You know, moving from 3D to 5D, the very mechanics of how we choose, how we move, uh, how our bodies function, how we we look at how life is structured, completely change. So these, these, these are some of the things that we look at. Um, we don't realise how conditioned we are to think about things in a certain way until somebody offers you an alternative and you think, oh, gosh, you know, I can look at it that way instead. Like going from the a la carte menu to the buffet, when you've got the a la carte menu, you get to choose, you know, one starter and and one entree and one dessert, and you have to sacrifice the others generally. Mm. Um, When you've got the buffet, you just keep going back again and again, and you get to try everything, and no one's going to be upset if you don't finish your meal. You don't have to complete the dish. You just keep sampling, and there's always more. I love that analogy because I personally love the buffet. I like to take a little of this and a little of that. (laughs) Yeah. But do we do that when it comes to choices in our lives? We really don't. And, And we tend to keep ordering the same things because we know that we liked that once or last time, so we'll order that one again. And, you know, the menu doesn't always change, unfortunately. It's the familiar, familiar, what's familiarity? Yeah. And it becomes habitual and then we think we're choosing, but we're really not choosing. We're just on repeat. Yes, autopilot. Right. Absolutely. Well, Rebecca, as we kind of start wrapping up our time together, because I know uh, you've just got so much wisdom and knowledge and I just appreciate everything that we're talking about. Um, What I would like to ask you now is, because this topic is a little bit more in depth than what we normally, what I normally talk about on my show. If you could offer perhaps some simple suggestions on how to become more aware of that, the consciousness that you began talking about, could you share with us some basic tips to start at that starting point, that's point A? 
Sure. I think that one of the most important things we can do right now to, especially when you find yourself in a space where you don't have a clear path in front of you, which is happening for a lot of people right now. It's very difficult to go forward, but you also don't feel like you can go back either to where you were. So I liken it to being in a room and there's a door in front of you and a door behind you. The door in front of you is locked and the door behind you, you don't really want to go back. When you start being spontaneous, and it can be the slightest, smallest spontaneous action in your day, it's like suddenly opening up a whole bunch of new doorways in that little room that you're in. It shifts you into possibility and out of probability. So as soon as you start, if you're feeling stuck and you can't see where to go, if you do something spontaneous in your day, and it can be anything small, it doesn't have to be big spontaneous things, it can be little things, it, the vibration and the frequency of that will literally open up new opportunities and doorways for experience that you couldn't see before and weren't there before. And it immediately takes you out of that feeling locked and trapped experience and boom, you get your movement again. So it's a really important thing. And it could be something so small, like tying your left shoe instead of your right shoe first, or drinking your coffee with, the, with an opposite hand, or driving to the shops a different route than you normally would. Um, those small, small things take you out of habit and back into creative action again, and it can really get that flow happening in your life. So that's a really important thing. Another really important key, I think, right now is to, even though there's so much information around about what's happening in our world this time, is to get into curiosity. I wonder what's going to happen today. I wonder what's going to happen politically. I wonder what's going to happen with the weather. And start asking those open-ended questions instead of always trying to anticipate the answer or find the answer. Because that, again, also opens up the pathways and possibilities again, because so many people are feeling stuck and in bottlenecks right now. So those are the two things that I think are really simple and easy to introduce. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. <laughs> and because I want to, people to be able to access you and your information, tell us about your book, The Agreement. So the agreement is 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 my my newest book, and I do believe it's it's um it's a really important book, which is why I'm I'm speaking about it. I have written other books. This one is really, uh, to me, quite profound. So this is a book that's really a, a principle for life, and it's a principle for life that I think is how, as humanity, we're designed to live and we're designed to be, but we've forgotten. And I think that a lot of that information about how we actually operate and function has been lost over time. So there's a lot of information in there about how, how our bodies and our emotions and our thoughts and how belief works, how all of those things actually work. Because I think we take it for granted that we understand the reality that we live in. And yet it's quite apparent that we don't. Because when things don't go according to plan, we get very disruptive. We get very disrupted. <laughs> And, and there must be a misunderstanding about how a reality works if we can be so disrupted when things don't go according to plan. So there's some really, I think, wonderful information in there. Um, it's, not a, it's not an easy read and it's not a quick read. It's something that you'll have to spend some time digesting. 
but um, I think it's a really important view of our world. And that's called the agreement. That's the new one. And where can they find the agreement? So the agreement uh, is, is sold through Amazon. It's also available through my website, along with all of my other books and, and courses. And that's just my name, RebeccaDawson.net. And there's lots of free channelings on there, loads of transcripts, loads of material. So lots of resources for people who are looking for more. Fantastic. This will all be on the show notes. So if you missed Rebecca's information, RebeccaDawson.net, correct? Yes, it will be in the show notes. Rebecca, if, if do you have anything else that you would like to share with us as we come to a close? I think, you know, I would just encourage everybody that's listening to know that, that we're okay. I know that there's a lot of information around that we're not okay and that perhaps the planet's not okay and perhaps where we're going is not okay. But, but we're really going through an incredible tunnel of transition right now. and. Uh, it's, it is a time of not knowing, but the not knowing is the bridge to the knowing, and uh, we will get there. <laughs> Again, just be spontaneous and open for new possibilities. Be in a place of curiosity. Right. So many wonderful words of wisdom. I want to thank you so much for being such a, an incredible guest on our show, A Balanced Life for You, where you design the life of your dreams. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All I can say is, wow, wow, what a great interview. I don't know if you took away as much information as I did and the comfort of knowing that not knowing is really okay. It's a sign of I'm in the right place. So I'm going to encourage you, be spontaneous. Share this episode with five of your friends and consider leaving us a five-star review. Together, we can make the world an amazing place to be. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next week.